When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the Cardiff City podcast from Wales Online. It's a regular edition this week after having some big stars, Neil Warnock and Sol Bamba on the boot room, but big stars in the shape of Nathan Blake and Paula Bambonato here instead. Super, I would prefer to Super Superstars. <laughs> We're going to look at uh, the draw against Sheffield Wednesday on Easter Monday. Sheffield United. Sheffield United. There you go. Sheffield Monday, I was going to call them. <laughs> and look ahead to Wolves on Friday, which is the main event, of course. So we'll start at Bramwell Lane, uh, Nathan, and you couldn't really argue that Cardiff deserved a point from their performance, but they hung in there and found a way in in old cliched style, really. Yeah, well, you're not going to play well all the time, are you? It's as simple as that. And I didn't, I don't think the performance was bad. I just think Sheffield United basically just outran them a bit, um, especially in midfield. I thought Sheffield United played really well. In fairness to them, I thought um, what they'd done better than Cardiff was win a lot of second balls. And if you look at Cardiff's goal, it was the first time they'd won the first, the second and the third, which led to an opportunity. Up to that point, what Sheffield United were doing were winning a lot of the second balls, picking it up and then being able to attack from different areas of the pitch. And they also kept you know, a lot of sustained pressure Corners, free kicks, you know, kept Cardiff pinned back at times for three, four, five minutes at the time. So, taking all that into consideration to come out with a point, it will feel like a win and feel like a defeat for the opposition, which was exactly how it worked out in the end. Yeah, 1 1 draw after eight successive wins will never be seen as, as, a, as a disaster, but Cardiff went to Bramwell Lane probably thinking they would win the game. You know, we spoke to Sol Bamba. Last week, and he was very confident they would they would do it. Paul, was it a case of complacency, fatigue, the hectic schedule, or just like Blakey said that the opposition played well? No, uh, the latter more than anything. Um, the you know complacency. No complacency. Real, no, no. You can't really say fatigue because that should apply to every team anywhere at this stage of the season. It's a tough place to go. <laughs> very you tough know. place to go. Trust um, me. I was surprised that Cardiff were outplayed as much as they were. I also think that Sheffield's manager, I thought it was a tale of two managers again, Blakey. Mm-hmm. I thought Chris Wilder played into Cardiff's hands by taking off David Brooks and Lee Evans, who, mm-hmm. were, who were helping to run the show, mm-hmm. keeping the ball on the deck, mm-hmm. making Cardiff chase shadows. Mm-hmm. When they went off, albeit Evans late, I felt that I felt it became more of a not a game of ping pong, but you know what I mean. It became yeah, more it's end of to end. Yeah. Right, it it up to a, that point, you're right. 
layered press card, if I'm yeah, pressured card, yeah. and kept them pinned and, back. And kept the ball significantly, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. suddenly it became a far more 50-50 duel. Yeah. And Pilkington, who was Warnock's substitute, mm. equalised. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought Wilder, you know, I think they could have, Sheffield could have kept control of the ball by keeping Brooks out. I know they're young, but crikey, they, they didn't look jaded to me. They were running, they were helping run the show. And yeah. I just thought taking them off, handed Cardiff some Help initiative. Cardiff, I think I didn't I'd agree with that. I think the, the likes of Brooks and what have you, I think going up against our bigger defenders, those, those quicker players right across midfield and up front. <clears throat> They really, had the mobility, didn't really they? caused Cardiff a problem. The pitch didn't help, you know, not to make excuses, but the pitch conditions done great to get the game on, but it didn't help, you know. Um, but but it Sheffield passed the ball better, yeah. even in that, those situations yeah. on that pitch, than Cardiff did. I just don't think. I think Cardiff got caught in between two stalls, if you like. They got caught in between trying to play and play up against Sheffield United, or just going more direct, and they weren't sure which one to go with. I thought I thought the introduction of Medine second half kind of spoke volumes. It said we want to go more direct, but even then, Sheffield United were just too good at, at certain points, and, and Cardiff were, like I said, second to every second ball, most second balls, and the initiative and the momentum was all with Sheffield. But you would expect that, you I know, think- they they're up there going for the playoffs. They're a huge club. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to go to every club and... and no, they've got some good players as well. They've got some very... Not some ne- good players, never some mind, very good players. Never mind difficult would players we, to go, Would you know? we be surprised if Cardiff was second and Sheffield United was sat on top? Or Fulham was sat on top? You know, there, there are several... Teams, cl- yeah. Right, it's just how quickly can you get over the defeats and the bad run of um, results you get at certain stage of the season and Cardiff have proved better than, at that than most other teams so funny, funny thing happened in the abandoned outer household on Monday night because um, we were watching the game at home with my you with cooked my, with my kids <laughs> and when Pilkington equalised you know the yell the, the scream yeah. and suddenly it's the poor dog that was sitting with us on the sofa had run to the other sofa <laughs> terrified you know? that's what football does to yeah, you isn't well, it you know? me and my son were watching it uh, Ethan we were watching it and uh, yeah I had a bit of a scream it was more panic but, from me uh, me and Ian Mitchell were in the press box I have to rewrite the whole, uh, all I of think, my report I think that that goal is important to give momentum heading towards it's huge play, mate. Yeah? psychologically it's huge that you don't lose Against yeah. one of the top, you know, top teams in the division, regardless yeah. of where they are at the moment, they are one of the top teams in the division. If they don't do it this year, they'll be in the top six next year again for yeah. sure with that squad. So you see the celebration, you know, the players like they knew they knew. Well, that they know the what it means. It's it's, it's 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 not losing, even when you've played poorly. It's not losing. It's getting a point. You know, we've seen it. Sheffield Wednesday at home this season, not losing the game when you know. Especially when you've got the likes of Fulham and Villa. Villa seem to be back on it. Fulham on it. You know, we're coming for you. Still got the game in hand. So, you know, if anything, they can extend the lead by a point, I think. So, yeah, uh, five points of the game in hand. So, you, there's, no, there's no panic even after dropping two points. Which well, is I think what they need, what they need, 14 points, I think, for mathematically. Yeah, yeah. Assurance of promotion. Yeah. So, from a possible, what, 20-odd? 21 is it? So 21. Seven, seven games to go. You know, so you could even afford yourself a defeat or two. Don't want it because it just breaks up momentum. If you lose, 
everyone starts writing the negativity. Ooh, is this where they collapse and blah, 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 blah. And that will get into certain players' psyche. Not everybody, but certain players will start to think, um, start panicking and get a bit nervous. And all of a sudden, they're smashing the ball out when they've been playing and stuff like that. Mm. So, well, good result for me. What about individuals and the team for Wolves? There were a few dissenting voices on social media talking about Bruno Manga's position at right back. We have debated the the highs and lows of Manga's season on this podcast. People saying that he looks a bit too easy to turn, a bit immobile in that position. Does Warnock panic at this? Well, he's not going to panic, but does Warnock no, but change his hand for no, the No, we made, we made the point last week, if you remember, um, that I said he switches off. Yeah? yeah. Now, if you look at the opportunity with Donaldson, uh, I think it's Hoylet and I think... It is Gruwich who go into the clash. The lad gets up, they switch off, but Bruno, <laughs> Bruno's got his back turned to play, and the lad just puts the ball down, plays, and even Morrison switches off. The only one who attempts to get across is Bamba. Right? If you look at it, Morrison could have stuck his right leg out or slid to his right, but he wasn't switched on totally. Bruno's got his back totally to the play and then reacts once it's too late. So those those are little things that, you know, you would watch back the day after and think, right, let's make sure that that doesn't happen again. Do you know what I mean? Because we got out of jail a bit there. The two that I maybe would worry, worry about against Wolves are probably uh, Manga and Gruwich. I think both have had poor games. Paul, would you... Well, you're pulling the face. So would you go along with that? I thought Gruwich was completely overrunning midfield. Gruwich has been outstanding up until Monday night. You know, I think he has. Any, I'm not anyone's, talking anyone's, about anything other than Monday anyone, night. I'm talking about Monday night. Back. You want anyone, rounds anyone, back. I think, I think in... Anyone is entitled to an off day. I, yeah, but I think against Wolves, this is the biggest game of the season. You pick your best team for yeah. a one-off game. And I think... And a Liverpool footballer is part of your best team. End of. I don't think he is. I disagree. If Rouse is back, as we expect him to be on Friday night... Number one, Rouse won't be back, Don, because he's nowhere near Matt Sharpness for a game of this magnitude. But Warnock suggested that he was in his press conference. No, he did. And he said he's back running again, right sprinting again. There's a significant difference between that and being match ready for a top-of-the-table clash against Wolves. Irrespective of that... But you need legs in that midfield, Irrespective of that, you've got to you know you've got to look at that. Movie. Aaron Gunnison was making his first get first start Gunnison since, since what November, mm-hmm. right? Well, the legs fine. the legs were bound to catch up on him. Yeah, he, that, he that was be, part of the He will reason. be much better for those ninety minutes. Mm. Believe me, you know whatever level you're playing at, once you've got ninety minutes under your belt, you're much better for the next game. Mm-hmm. So he will offer more legs for the next game. I've said before that the midfield trio of Gunnison, Patterson and Gruwich, however overrun they were against Sheffield, for me as Cardiff's best midfielder, offers the best blend of Gunnison's drive and tenacity, Gruwich's composure on the ball, which is desperately needed by Cardiff in the midfield, and also Patterson's goal threat, heading ability and work rate. You can't better that trio in terms of complementing one another. So, I'd agree, I'd, so, I'd so agree. Those three, those, I just, those I three respectfully, respectfully really yeah, absolutely, disagree. Absolutely, Dom, absolutely. But, I think you yeah. need someone to cover the space, and that's what Cardiff didn't have against Sheffield United, someone whose legs were going to cover that space. Because Gruwich and Gunnison, if you watched it, they were pulled so far apart at times by the likes of Fleck and Evans and Lundstrom. That they, yeah, but that's, there was that's, no one that's, there to cover that's, that space. Yeah, that's, that's more tactical. Who's to say though? that would have been any different? Yeah, no, no, no. That's, that's more tactical, though. And I would say that's probably... 
a result of those two players not playing together. So there's a there would also be a break in communication. Yeah, I agree with that. So yeah. as the as the as the games go on, trust me that those two will understand. And watching it back, like I said, you watch it back, and those two or three will speak to each other, and they will recognise now in other games, right. When that happened before, I was too far across, or I was too high, or I was too deep. So, this situation, I, I need to be, I can recognize what's the pattern that's developing. So, I recognize that I need to be 10 yards further forward or three yards to the right hand side. And that just comes with been understanding one or the other, and balance. Team, so. Yeah, yeah. But I, I would say, you know, Gruwich gives you class, that playing ability, that, that ability to control the midfield. Yeah. No, they didn't. Um, against Sheffield United but he gives you that ability to do it that's why I like him so does Gunnison I've always said quality player Gunnison I think he's probably the best central midfielder in the championship for me when he's fully fit and then Patterson gives you that beautiful balance of being able to get in the box athletic great in the air and he covers a lot of ground and he will help the midfielders in a defending capacity but so, ir- irrespective of that Gruwich plays the three of them play Gru- for me. Gruwich, Gruwich is, for me. is a Liverpool and Serbia footballer. Um, he has got real class about him. He plays. If Rawls comes in, it has to be for Gunnarsson. But I think Gunnarsson has to play as well. Bizarre. If you would replace Gunnarsson at this stage, I think... Well, that's what I'm saying. Think... So to me, Gunnarsson plays as well. Mm. And Patson has to play as well. Mm. So I don't see why you would tinker with that midfield. I, I wouldn't. I don't, I don't think he will tinker. But Warner wouldn't either. tinker. And from the early game against Wolves earlier in the season, I think Cardiff had had three or four games before it and he stuck with the same eleven, yeah. and it paid dividends. But then it did catch up with him eventually, playing the same team. What you so. might find as well, little things... Uh, from the mind of a footballer you don't mean to go into that game and give less but in the back of your mind you know the ding dong is coming on Friday Yeah, that is the game of the season right because psychologically Mm -hmm. you win that game and I think you win the title because I think you strike a blow that'll cut so deep you probably get to the last game of the season will still might be a point or Two ahead, but I think you 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 give yourself the greatest opportunity then of of winning that league, and I think psychologically knowing the run of games that were coming, I think you know if you put your lot in there on that pitch and leave everything on that pitch, knowing that you've got to go again Friday against Wolves, you're going to be banging trouble mentally. I hope I mentally, hope there yeah. is a reason because I stand by that. That is Cardiff's best midfield, in mm. my opinion, and I know it's yours as well, Blakey. But something went horribly awry with that midfield at Bramall Lane. Now it may be that it's the first time Gunnison and Gruwich have played together. It could be the point you're making about Wolves looming. It could just be it, it, it's several, conditions. It, it could be all of it. I believe but it's several. Something went wrong there, didn't yeah. it? We have to well, I wouldn't say it went wrong, Paul. Well, I would, they were totally I would say the they were outplayed. But I would, I would say sometimes, right, there's no rhyme or reason sometimes why you get overrun. You, they're just not. You know, it's like when, Wol- uh, when Cardiff went to Wolves. Everyone's expecting Wolves to just, just overrun them. Cardiff just done a job on them, overpowered them, everything. Now, people would be saying, scratching their head, thinking, Wolves fans, well, you know, how's that happened? We were put, they weren't poor, it's just Cardiff were on it. Now, the other night, Sheffield United were on it. 
You were at the game, Tom. Were they? Were they you were at Bramall Lane. Yeah. Were they? Were they? Did they have greater numbers in the centre there? Well, it seemed. Sheffield, it seemed or? to be. A, it seemed to be a three on two every time in that area, and that was because Patterson was emptying. Patterson was a little bit too far forward. In all honesty, yeah, yeah. maybe thinking I need to get closer to the horn. Pick well, they got caught. That's what I said. They got caught in between two stools. They didn't know whether play sit deep and play counter attack, but the pitch was long for them if you looked at it. And Patterson was having to do try and do the Zahor thing and try and do. They help the Gruwich and the Gunnison thing. So I think also by the wing backs condense, Yeah, I think if you can condense it a bit in that situation again and bring your full back, uh, your wing back in a bit tighter, your full backs in a bit tighter, and just condense it and say, right, we're going to literally play counter attack football. But Cardiff, you've got to understand Cardiff in the mindset now. They don't feel they have to. Yeah. They just feel we're better than you, and they got caught out a bit. But what happened? With all what we're saying, oh, this, that, this could have been a problem. Like, they still come out with a point. Yeah, um, thanks what to Mr. Does that say? That says so much about the team, mate, really. It says so much about them as players and men that, you know, you go with all these different reasons and all these different little intricacies that affect your mindset, affect the game, whether it's the pitch, whether it's the setup, whether it's the new partnerships, whether it's, you know, the opposition that, up there on it whether it's playing counter attack whether it's playing high press you've got all these little different intricacies built in and you end up with a an average I didn't think it was a poor performance but I didn't think it was great I just thought Sheffield United's performance was better than what I expected then and like I said the fact that there weren't so many second balls if you watch it again you know that was one of the main reasons why Cardiff they couldn't get a foothold in the game because Sheffield United were at them all the time, twos and threes, and uh, yeah. I do, I do hope Warnock doesn't change for Wolves. I do think that the team, notwithstanding the fact they were totally outplayed, I think it was one of those nights. I do think the starting eleven on Monday night is the best team Cardiff can have now. That's my belief, and I think that's the one to go forward with. I wouldn't. Well, we'll come on to Wolves a bit later on. So. Yeah, no, that's fine. I just did want yeah. to say just that it must be a, a sign of the confidence in the fringe players and the people who aren't playing that someone like Pilkington comes on and gets a, a goal like that. That shows that everyone is pulling in the right direction. It was a great like finish Warnock as well. says, a fantastic finish. So like I say, if you watch it, they win the first, the second, the third, and then Pilkington does that ridiculously shaped volley uh, and finishes with a So well placed, doesn't it? But, but what it showed as well, the celebration was yeah. how together they all are. Yeah. That's Subs, everybody, management. That's the point I was making, you know, yeah. And, and, and that is huge at this Blakey, point. Blakey, that's what I was going to say. That was reminiscent for me of Gareth Bale scoring for Wales in the Euros and running to the bench. Mm. And that's what Pilkington did, wasn't it? He, he scored his goal and he ran across to the sidelines. Mm. And yeah. who was it he was particularly celebrating with? It was one of the subs. I think it was a whore, wasn't it? It may have been just a whore. Gone off, yeah. yeah. I yeah. think it was a whore. And, and it was just, you could just but, see But if you look at like, a couple of the other players, they ran to each other. And then they all ran over to the sideline. It was like yeah. they were all like I didn't see it. They were all so Yeah, they were all so buzzed. They all run to some run to each other to celebrate, like the defenders and midfielders. Then some of the midfielders and attackers run to towards Pilkington. He run past them to the bench, and then they all just gathered at the bench. I thought it was a great show of unity by by everybody. Brilliant scenes. Right, we'll take a quick break from Sheffield United. And we'll get on to the controversial championship team of the season. 
Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk. So, Blakey, Paul, I can imagine both of your expressions when the Football League released their team of the season for 2017-18. The right manager, but none of the Cardiff players included at all. I mean, if I'm Junior Hoyler or, or Sol Bamba, I'm thinking what, what I think that the, had to do. I, I think those two are, are the you know, glaring... Omissions. Yeah, most glaring omissions for me. Um, I think Junior had the reputation... Uh, a couple of seasons ago of being, you know, one of the top quality young players in the country. And you have to say, at Cardiff, he's fulfilled a lot of that potential and I believe will go on to do even better in the Premier League uh, when they get there. But um, it's all Bamba. I've yet to see a better leader or centre-half than him in the Championship. So that surprised me also. So it's a lot um, when you're saying that when John Terry is in, included in, in the team, known as a leader, I, but he hasn't actually played uh, all the season. I think what you'll find is that's exactly right. He's not played all season, so how could he be in there? It'd be like me saying, okay, then Gunnison. Well, the problem is he hasn't played. Gunnison, yeah. you, can't include, you can't include John Terry. But I don't think you get too head up about these things, done personally. I don't. Um, I, you know, I think I made it. Once I think I don't even think I made it the time when McGinn and I we broke records and all sorts and you know I had ridiculous amount of assists probably eighteen assists and twenty seven goals in a season something like that I don't think I made it but I don't think players are that bothered to be honest with you I think it is a media thing and it just shows how little some of you sports writers know about football. Neither <laughs> <laughs> me or Paul are on the panel, by the way. I can assure you Joe Riles have got included in the other one. <laughs> well, so Paul definitely been up top. Who, 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 made the, who made the call, Tom? Who actually picked the team? I think it's the people from the EFL, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I think that that's why you get the, the headline names such as Sessignon, Kearney, well, Terry. No issues with, with Sessignon, obviously. He's the best No, no issues with those people, but yeah. it's reasons why... I mean, yeah. Bobby Reid and Vidra instead of Hoyler, I find very, very strange. But is this the kind of thing that will be put on the dressing room wall now by Warnock to say, listen, lads, no one thinks we're any good here. Let's prove... Let's prove I think that's passed. Let's continue I, to I, I, I really think all that's passed. I really think if you're a player now... Inside, deep inside, you'll be you'll be thinking mm, there'd be a bit of justification if I am in the team. If I'm not, okay, fair enough, no problem. But if you go and win promotion, you know, do you even think about team of the year? It'll soon be forgotten. Are you it? even bothered? It will be you forgotten. Know? I know when I when I was playing, I couldn't give a hoot to be honest with you. I wasn't bothered, you know, if my partner got in or I got in or one of the midfielders got in or whatever yeah great they get a bit of recognition but um, it doesn't it doesn't affect you in any way shape or form as in you know what your peers think about you what your fellow professionals think about you I knew that most of the defenders in in the championship when I played there didn't want to play against me so it made no difference that whether I was in the team of the that's the only not. message you yeah, needed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about the manager of the season then, Paul? Few arguments with Neil Warnock, but it shows 
how good a job he's done when you compare it, what he's done is being ranked ahead of what Jokanovic has done, what Nuno has done. Yeah, it's I, incredible. I think the team of the year is almost like a microcosm of everything we've said about Warnock and Cardiff City. Uh, Cardiff City have. Had a, would you understand it, Blake, if I said an us against the world mentality from Cardiff yeah. and their fans down the yeah. years? Yeah, they don't play the. Well, we're Welsh for a start. Yeah, and um, they don't play. They don't play the uh, through the lines pretty okay. pretty, and they you, play a mixture. Okay, and if you move that on, Warnock down the years has had a me, my team's against the world mentality. Yeah, he's disliked by yeah. 90% so, of the fans so, until he's at their club. So merge merge Warnock with Cardiff City mm. and you and you have that, don't you? A mm. real us v the world mentality type thing. And it's almost like ignoring all the Cardiff players is symptomatic of that. And yet Warnock and these Cardiff players with the us against the world mentality are pushing so hard for the Premier League mm. despite the snub mm-hmm. that they've had from the Football League. Mm-hmm. With no, I mean, to have no Cardiff players now is ridiculous. Oh, a joke. Right? Listen, you can argue, Junior Holler. I, I appreciate I appreciate you you've talked about more than anyone, Blakey, right? Mm. But I find it hard to ignore the claims of a Domo scored a lot of goals. Um I think Bobby Reid has done well, Dom. I can see the arguments. Um, uh, my argument is his, his team's I, not Bobby Reid is tricky, no, but I wouldn't but, have him but in the But I can see, what I'm saying is I can see the arguments. But for Bamba not to be in there ahead of Terry, whatever his stature, and Cody of Wolves, right? For mm. a start, I think Bowley of Wolves is better than Cody, is he not? I'd agree. I'd um, say with Cody, what he needs is to play... If he was, if he's playing up against a striker, he's not as good. He's got great passing range, but what he needs is space. He's a converted he needs to play, midfielder, isn't he? He's, he's a converted centre midfielder. That yeah. says a lot that yeah. he can get in the midfield yeah. if he's that good a passer. Yeah. What he needs is to be playing in the three where he's got space and time to be able to pass. It's different when you're in the battlefield in the middle of the pitch and there's other midfielders who are reading what you're doing or trying to do and pressuring you and closing you. Not very often you see a central midfielder drop back into... Because he's not a sixth central midfielder. He's an eight yeah. central but midfielder I mean, with passing range. And he's at the drop back to give himself more time on the ball. And because I don't think he's as strong as the two boys in midfield for Wolves. But I mean, going back to Bamba, I, th- I think, you know, how good he has been for Cardiff. I think it's... I do think it's a snub not to it's have a Bamba. Sin. Right? I think it's just... Right? We should have got Inter- Bamba on the podcast the week I, after this and yeah, get his thoughts yeah, on it. Well, he, I, you know, looking at the rest of the team, I, I don't really know. Fredericks was the right back, wasn't he? Sessignon left back. I don't have an issue with those. Sessignon should have um, actually been in the front line because um, he's been playing further forward. I don't have an issue with Vidra because of his goals. Um, Neves and Kearney, I have no issues with those. These are mm. good players, you know. But Madison, maybe? Ma- yeah, Madison's a Stranger. really talented player, though, um, Dom. You know, he, he's done really well for Norwich this year. But in so, a mid-table team. Yeah, yeah, but the argument is, you know, where where would they be without him? You I know? think maybe they pick the 11 most talented players in the league rather than the ones who have actually performed most consistently across well, the season. I think Cardiff fans would dispute that, and you would, because you'd have had Joe Rawls in the most talented team. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, look, Moving on. No, look, look it's, it is what it is. I come back, I think you get the point I'm making, though, don't you, that, that it's almost typical that there should be no Cardiff players here, given the... Well, the surprise element that they're at the top of the yeah. league, ready to get yeah. promoted. And yeah. also, Blakey, that they're a unit and that they don't see themselves as having one star, one no. whose shoulders above the rest. Yeah. They're all together. Like, every time part, you talk to them, they say, we're a unit, we die for each other and all this. This, mm-hmm. is, so absolutely it, it? this is absolutely part of it. 
I do think you can make a case for Hoyler just on stats alone, let alone his ability in terms mm. of the assists and the goals that he scored, yeah, yeah. which which exceeds probably a Bobby Reed, if you like. So I can see those arguments, but to me, Bamba is the big omission there. Mm. But then you look at the rest of the Cardiff team, would any of them really no, I'm not saying it should be five or six. It's a sum of the parts. I literally it, say it's yeah. for me the obvious choices are Bamba and Hoylet. Yeah, for them not to be in it. Yeah, yeah, that makes me raise my eyebrows. Yeah, and makes me think. Ah, but Nate, you know from experience, how much do these people really know? <laughs> well, we'll pick our own boot room you know team I mean? of the season in a few weeks and it'll be 11 Cardiff players <laughs> so let's take a, a short break um, Joel Rawls plus 10 exactly yeah we'll talk other Joel Rawls <laughs> we'll, t- we'll talk more Wolves in just a sec you're listening to Blakey's Boot Room from Wales Online So I was fortunate enough to chat to Sam Cook from Wolves Podcast, the 77 Club, and also Tim Spears from the Express and Star. So here are my chats with those two guys about this Friday's game and how it's shaping up uh, from the Molyneux end. Delighted to be joined now by Wolves fan Sam Cook, who runs the podcast, the 77 Club. Sam, thanks for joining us. Does this one feel like as big a game for Wolves as it clearly does for Cardiff? You know what, Dom, this is a title decider, isn't it? No doubt about it. It's the one that we've been looking forward to. I mean, we're as apprehensive as everybody else about it, but, you know, it always seems to be a good game and there's always goals against Cardiff, so we're really looking forward to it. And bar the 2-2 draw with Hull the other night, Hull, Wolves, sorry, seems to have got over their blip and they're in good shape. Yeah, I think so. We've had our blip. Um, You look at the games against Fulham and Villa, disappointing losses both away from home. Um, But since then, you know, we've taken two wins and and like you say, the draw against Hull too. And the only solace that we can take is that we've had the calculators out for a couple of weeks now and uh, we're still none the wiser. But we said last week, so before the Middlesbrough and Hull games, that if we could take nine points from the next 12, then we'd be pretty much on the way to at least promotion. So to be honest, that's all we have in our minds at the moment is is promotion. I don't think we really care that much about the title. I mean, we're going to say that, aren't we, until until we do actually clinch it, possibly. Um, But then again, we we look at Cardiff and still got to play Derby, still got to play Villa. So, you know, you're in a similar situation as to what we were a few weeks ago when we still had the entire um, third to sixth place to play. And we've obviously lost to Fulham, lost to Villa, beaten Middlesbrough, which we hadn't done since 1951 away from home. So um, it's that Derby game is looking even juicier now and, and potentially being able to clinch promotion against Birmingham City at home would just be brilliant. And Fulham is still causing concern for Cardiff when it comes to the automatic places. Obviously, they've had two players nominated for the Championship team of the season uh, in Ryan Sessegnon and Tom Kearney. So, are Wolves fans still a little bit worried about Fulham and their ominous form? I think so, yeah. To be honest, I was talking to uh, one of the guys at the Fulhamish podcast a couple of weeks ago, just before we played them, actually, and, and he said, I think it'll probably be a little too little too late in terms of uh, getting an automatic spot. But, you know, what stranger things have happened. Sessignon, what a great player. We've got Morgan Gibbs-White in our squad, who usually comes in off the bench, and they play together at the Under-17s World Cup and obviously winning it for England. So there's no doubt that Sessignon is a is a class act and, and is one of those players that deserves to be in that uh, in that team of the year. I am disappointed, obviously speaking to you earlier about it, that, well, not disappointed, but more surprised that, you know, your sole Bambas aren't in that side. 
Yeah, a few people in South Wales were surprised about that team of the season in many ways. What about this Friday night's game then? Will the the game earlier on in the season between the two, where Cardiff won 2-1, will that have any bearing, do you think, on, on Friday night's encounter? Do you know what? I think it's going to be a slightly different Wolves team to what lost to Cardiff that day. Um, you know, Danny Bath... Um, actually, I'm just going to call it up because I want to get it right... Um, Roderick Miranda played against Hull, gave away the penalty um, in the week. He won't be playing again. Matt Doty will come back in for him. Um, and Bakari started the game that day. That's not likely to be the case again. You're probably looking at Cavallero starting in that berth. Bonatini was up front. He actually scored a goal. But I would expect, um, obviously, Benikafobi to be coming back into the mix. He was dropped for Jota. So I think that front three, you're probably going to look at a Fobi. Uh, Jota or Costa maybe and Cavalero too so it'll be a slightly different side that lost to Cardiff earlier on in the season but you know what I I think it's still going to be a great game whoever starts we were still sort of third in the league after that game but it was only sort of four games in wasn't it so we were sort of used to um, messing things up as it were sort of earlier on in the season where all the hype starts to build and then we go and lose at home to to Cardiff and that took Cardiff top of the league and they're no mugs um, but this is definitely a new look side, different way of playing, um, because Nuno pretty much knows what his starting eleven will be now. And uh, yeah, your Mirandas and even the Bonatinis who've dropped to the bench um, won't be playing as big a part without coming off it. You're listening to Blakey's Boot Room from Wales Online. So delighted to be joined now by uh, Wolves correspondent at the Express and Star, uh, Express and Star, Tim Spears. Tim, thanks for joining me. Can you just give a uh, a sense of the feeling in the West Midlands ahead of this one? Real excitement, actually, and um, because because Wolves have been kind of so far ahead for quite a few months now, they had many kind of big box office games like this. I mean, they had they had a top two shootout against Bristol City at the end, at the end of December, which which they dramatically won in the last minute, but all that. It's a funny one, isn't it? I mean, in a way, it's a, a title decider, but both teams are still first and foremost looking at automatic promotion and seeing the top two spot. Is it sort of? Yeah. Uh, is there still that worry from the Wolves end that Fulham are a threat, and if if they lose this one against Cardiff, they might get drawn into the mix? Well, Fulham. I mean, Fulham's form is just absolutely ridiculous, and yeah. their fixtures are, are, are dreamy. To be honest, you couldn't really ask for a much better run in. I know they've got Millwall away. Two games from the end, but you know, Millwall may or may not be a player at the time. But anyway, Fulham just looks so good, and it's, it's fortunate for Wolves that they've had such a buffer over them for most of the season, even though they lost to Cove Cottage a few weeks ago. Um, there'll always be that doubt in Wolves, in Wolves fans' minds. They're naturally a sceptical bunch, 
I think our, our very own Nathan Blake was involved in that one, actually. Yeah, nothing surprises you in the championship, does it? What about the the team for Friday night, uh, Tim? What, what are we looking at from from Wolves' perspective? So they had this amazing game at Middlesbrough on Friday. They went down to nine men and somehow clung on for a two-one win. And the energy they expended in that really took out them, and that was evident um, against Saul on Tuesday night, where some of them just looked really knackered, to be honest. And a lot of them were away in Africa and on international music just before that Middlesbrough game as well. So it's all kind of added, added to that. You've got Chelsea coming back from injuries, not fully fit. So there are quite a few kind of injury concerns, really. Um, a, a good thing for this match is that Ruben Nevis and Matt Doherty, some of their real mainstays and outstanding players, were, were banned for the whole game. So they come back in, they're fresh, that's really important. Um, but it's, it'd be interesting how, how new does it certainly, you, you, kind of, you can pick the defence and pick the midfield. But the front three, really should see how it goes because you've got different options now. You've got Bonatini, Leo Bonatini, who hasn't scored since December, but he's very good at holding the ball up front and linking the play. Or you've got Benica Fobi, who's come into a bit of form recently, signed him on form in January, back to the club. He got four in four um, and scores in his last two. But he's an option for the ball over the top if you want to do it that way. Or they've got sometimes they're kind of a three false nine together, kind of marauding forwards, Jota. Valero on cost that he got that option as well so it's whether he kind of wants to like a like with a big back front and against Carlos Ramos defence or we'll try and get him behind him well now with the team selection he's had been kind of packed um, so it's certainly been one that he's going to have thought a lot about especially after the way that Cardiff beat Wolves last, uh, last August which was to be honest the least factor in Wolves' success in the season I've got to say you know it, it, was, it was the best defeat that I could have right Here, well, we shall see, Tim. We shall see. Um, finally, do you have a, a predi- do you have a prediction at all, mate, for the game? Oh, 
put you on the spot. myself into a 2 1 win for Wolves. I don't know. They're, they can turn up for the big games, to be fair. But um, I don't know. Cardiff's such a juggernaut. The homecoming whipped up and Warlock's so up for it as well. Um, that made it be 1 all, I think. But, yeah. but I think uh, Wolves will certainly take that. I'm not sure about Cardiff, but Wolves will certainly take 1 all. Yeah, we'll have to see, mate. Thanks for that. Okay. So, Wolves obviously feeling fairly confident, chaps, and why wouldn't they be? But a 2-2 draw, they slipped up home against Hull. They've had a blip. You've always said, Blakey, you think Cardiff can catch them. Mm. If Cardiff are going to catch them, they're going to have to win on Friday, that's for sure. Yeah, that's 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 part and parcel of winning the league, Dom. That's what happens. You um, you got the two best teams in the league for me going at it head to head and it's 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 bragging rights it's it's that opportunity to say yeah on our day over two games home and away we're just a better outfit than you and uh, they got that opportunity but I think what like I said the the the, the sky I can leave could end up being the difference between Cardiff finishing second and first. I still think these two will go up, which gives me great pleasure to say, to be honest. I still think they'll go up, but I don't think the title race between the two for first spot is over yet. Do you think Cardiff, maybe Wolves will will think about the title more than Cardiff as things stand? Cardiff are just thinking about this game in terms of three points in the automatic promotion race and holding off the threat from Fulham. Mm. That's first and foremost. I know the title has been talked about in Molyneux as Tim and Sam said but really Warnock will Warnock care if Cardiff finish second rather than first yeah because you want to win that's you're born to win as a as a player you want you want to win simple as that but you know you've got a bit of a safety net that you finish second you still go automatic finish third you've got a chance for the playoffs so you've got like three opportunities basically but yeah you'll, you'll want to win it but I very much doubt if Wolves players have been speaking about winning the championship until first now. and foremost get over there yeah, now it starts to become first and foremost get promoted the day that they tell you right that's it I think we won it we won a main road against Man City and I think Scott Sellers scored the winner and we won there and that was us automatic promotion. From there, you know, you just go Enjoy into Enjoy the ride. Well, you go into a different level. Yeah. There's no pressure. Yeah. So you can play anything, expansive, you know, counter-attack, high press, you name it. You take more chances, what have you, what have you. And everything seems to come off because you're playing with freedom. So, you know, it, it's, I think it's a great great time to have this fixture because after it what will it be six games five games six games six games to go and then it's all about holding your nerve to the end of the season because you know both teams if you said to me now favourites I couldn't I'd have to say they're 50-50 I wouldn't say Wolves slightly or Cardiff slightly I'd say 50-50 and this game is going to be I think more than the decider of three points for this one fixture, I think it could be the decider for the title. Yeah, it's two heavyweights who have had to wait so long before meeting each other after that early game of the well, season. Dude, I love sizing each other up almost. Yeah, and I campaign. like the fact Wolves finished below Cardiff last season. 
yeah. You know, uh, neither I, neither were really in in the mix. None, but and I think you know it's okay saying you know Nuno spent X amount and fifteen million on a striker and this and that, but at the end of the day. You still have to galvanise. There's other teams in the league who've spent money. 11 v 11, isn't it? Right. At the end of the day. There's other teams who've spent money and aren't nowhere near it. So you're not only it's not just about spending money. It's about then galvanising and building that camaraderie between players to be able to go out and perform. And in fairness, the Wolves, they've been sat top of the league for probably 70 percent, 80 percent of the season. So you have to give credit where it's due. We'll just bring in a yeah. We'll bring in an Ask Blakey at this point. We'll tie we'll tie all together. Richard Morgan um, talking about how the Sheffield game might affect the Wolves game and the running. He's saying uh, after watching the display the other night and seeing how we didn't cope with them, should we be a bit, be a bit nervous about the running, especially the next nervous. two games against Wolves and Villa? If you're nervous, this game ain't for you. Will fans be nervous though? Is that just natural? Hey, I you know as a fan, yes, stroke former player. Nerves was something I don't really do, so you'd have to comment on the nerves because it never really, never really went down that avenue. Well, as a journalist, I'm just excited about covering a game <laughs> with such uh, importance and, and the crowd. Paul, I don't think they will be. I don't. I don't think. I don't think the fans. I think what the fans should be is um, positive and really behind the team because with them making a racket, even if the team is struggling a bit, they're making a racket and getting behind the team. I'm telling you. It drags you. It, it it drags you back up to a level you need to be. It does help tremendously. So don't go with nerves and a bit trepid. Just go there expecting your team to do well and win the game well, and sing like it's your last game. What role will the crowd have to play in this game, Paul? Because you've said this potentially one of the biggest games of the season in, in Welsh football and one of the biggest games Cardiff have had in, in recent years. Yeah, this if. Cardiff are anticipating the biggest crowd for a Welsh for a league game in Wales for 42 years, mm. stretching back to um, a game at the Old Ninian Park that they played Hereford in the old Division Three days. I think it was Blakey in 1976. Um, Swansea haven't got near this sort of figure on, for, for obvious reasons because Liberty Stadium's only got a certain capacity. But even in their um, Vetch days, well, it was about 15 in it. <laughs> didn't get to get to this. Um, obviously, Wrexham and Newport don't get these sort of gates either. The biggest Cardiff have had there for a league game now is um, was Derby when they gave away a load of free tickets a couple of seasons ago, and they mm. had twenty eight thousand in there. Mm. They were anticipating a bigger gate than that, anticipating it touching thirty thousand. There will be three thousand Wolves fans as part of that, and they'll clearly. Oh, they're loud, man. They were clearly crazy. They're loud, right? Wolves fans. But I, you know, imagine playing in front of 27,000 Cardiff fans in a mm. game on a Friday night like this they will have an enormous role to play Dom mm. to answer your question because they do influence the referee they do lift their own players mm. I'm not going to say they make the opposition sag because I think that oh, they, they, they can remember at the start of the season when they played Leeds and what's the little lad's name Sice no Hernandez. Hernandez yeah he had a stinker yeah. The fans were on him, yeah. especially because he was an ex Swansea player as well. On him, so they can have they can have a negative effect on yeah. a player, especially if you think oh, I've had a mistouch, you 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 miscontrolled the ball or something. Say, fans get on you. 
Ah, right? Yeah. They're on your case. So it right? affects you psychologically. Yeah, because then you start then you start saying to yourself, they think I've miscontrolled that because of them. And it's not, I just miscontrolled. But what happened is you're taken away from where you're supposed to be. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. So your thought process, instead of just thinking, yeah. paying it no mind and carrying on and doing something positive with the next touch, you start to think those fans, they think I'm... Um, intimidated or they think so they do do their job shattered. in a way that's that's how the job works yeah yeah and the thing so is, you break their concentration as a player and to answer your question again Dom further I mean the role they've got to play I think we can all agree that there's something magical about night games at that stadium mm. especially it, when it's look, full look it tends to be a Tuesday night of course it does but Friday night should make no difference so a near capacity you know we, we've seen a capacity crowd there for Man City um, yeah but this is a game that, that they believe this, they can win. Yeah, this is a you know this. So I think the atmosphere is going to be. I think it's going to be a blockbuster of yeah. an occasion. It really is. You know the fact that it is history making. If it is the biggest gate in forty two years for any league match in Wales, well that's that's making its own little bit of history if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know no, obviously none of the Premier League attendances had such a big draw because they didn't have the Apennines in those days. Mm-hmm. The capacity wasn't so big. So it will be a phenomenal occasion. I think the crowd have got a massive role to play in this. And more importantly, I think they will play a massive role. Oh, they will. They'll be, they'll be up for it. Like, the players will be up for it. Yeah. Trust me, it'll be, it'll be a great, great spectacle Friday night. You, you just know two teams. It's like the boxer v. the puncher. Or the boxer, the, v, the boxer v. the fighter, sorry. Yeah, so you've got the fighter who just gonna, you know, is more Cardiff City. He's gonna bob and weave and just come attack, attack, attack at you, try and land his blows on you. And then you've got Wolves, the sleek, you know, on the back foot, jab, move, stick, move, yeah, yeah, duck, weave, you know, keeping his chin out of the way, what have you. And it's it's whether or not Wolves are gonna, you know, cut Cardiff to pieces. You know, jabbing, hooking, uppercutting. The clash or of Cardiff styles. are just going to land that knockout blow two or three times. And the clash of styles makes it so compelling. That's I what think. is it, it, mate? I'm I'm commentating. I am so excited. For it. <laughs> what I'm about, just trying to keep a lid on it at the moment. You know? <laughs> would you have been like that as a player, Blake? You just just from, oh, I'd be, from, your, I, from a game a, like this. Because see the glint in your eye now. What, what happens is you you so after Sheffield United, and this is why I believe the Sheffield United game went the way it did I think most of the boys were thinking about this game alright you watch the difference in the aggression how much they run how they run how hard they tackle everything everything will be enhanced on Friday night by possibly 10-15% now as a manager you're only ever trying to look to get 2 or 3% extra out of the player but these boys will go up again. I'm telling you now, my, my true belief is the reason why you didn't go in there purposely not to give it all. They give it all, but you give it all and your, your subconscious holds it. You know, listen, there's a fish around the corner here. Well, it's a shark that I got a fry. It's huge, yeah? And this could define our season as finishing second or finishing first. And I think, yeah. So now I know, Blakey, why I leave a little bit back on Monday night five aside, but I'm better on Wednesday night five aside. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll come to the thorny matter of predictions then, gents. Uh, 
I've been asked a couple of times by various people, and I've I've said a high-scoring draw because I think the entertainment factor and how much the two two teams will cancel each other out. I'm going to come to to Blakey first because I've got a, fi- a funny feeling he might be for the second or third time this season rallying up those Wolves fans a little bit. Uh, no, I said I I thought when when Cardiff went the Wolves, I just thought that Cardiff were unknown at that point. And I feel like most of the teams in the Championship do try and play through the lines. If you look at someone like Reading and the Yapstan, they were trying to do it. You know, don't have the quality of player. I think that's the way football has gone. And Cardiff are a bit of a surprise package. They don't play into that. They play a bit of it. They play a bit of direct. They play a bit of width. So they play a bit of varied football, Cardiff do. So... I'm going to go, um, I think there'll be goals in the game. I'm going to go a real ding-dong. I'm going to go Cardiff 3-2 win. Sorry, Saul, no clean sheet. But I did tell you Sheffield United wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be a clean sheet. Was it Sheffield United? Uh, no, the need, 3-1, sorry. Sheffield United nor the Burton were clean sheets. The Burton, I said, would be 3-1, and it ended up being the case. Well, Saul will be desperate for a clean sheet against Wolves. Then yeah. that'll, that'll be, um, He'd be desperate for three points first and foremost. Be so I'm going to go 3-2, Cardiff. That'll be better than appearing in the team of the season. I think, I think it'd Saul. be a great game, I really do. Paul, thoughts? I've, I've looked forward to this game like Blakey for weeks and weeks, and my pre-Wolves week prediction has always been 3-1 to Cardiff which sounds very optimistic. As it's getting close to the game... I'm changing I'm, your mind. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Backtracking. I'm reining it in. <laughs> Despite everything Blakey says there about a rip-roarer, which is what it surely will be, part of me sees a nil-nil from this game. It really does. Oh, I hope not, Paul. Um, but it does. Part of me sees a 1-0 Cardiff sneaking it in the last 20 minutes because of the crowd factor willing them on but I'm sticking with my original one and going with 3-1 do you know why I say Cardiff will just edge it yeah because I believe in this game you get to a point in a game when you're trading blows against another good team yeah and it's going back and forth yeah it gets to the point where you want it's kind of like remember Cardiff in the playoffs against Blackpool yeah <clears throat> They kept scoring, Blackpool kept coming back. Yeah. Cardiff couldn't handle it after the second time. Yeah. They wanted the game to be over. Yeah. Difference is with this team and this manager, they go for 95 minutes. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how long you want to stay out here, yeah. we're prepared to go all the way. Right? And that's why I think Cardiff, I think the perfect scenario would be 2 2 and an 88th, 90th minute winner. I think it'll go along that lines. I think it'll be like, Dreamlike, I really do. I think it'd be a great occasion. Um, the way you two are talking suggests it's going to be like one of those Leeds I'm games. I'm salivating just at the thought of it. Man. Yeah, I know. I, I can, we all need five minutes I, to I, uh, I can't can see a nil nil, Dom. I can see them just totally cancel one because uh, of the tension of the occasion. I, I wouldn't rule that option. No, no, it's it happens in big games all the time, doesn't it? I think I think it'll be open and I think it'll be goals. I think it'll be a 2 2 draw. I think both teams have got some excellent quality. Listen, Cardiff know they want they got to win the game if they, if they stand a real realistic chance of winning the league. Yeah, you have to well, win the game. Well, well, and to go, I think it's more important for Cardiff to win than it is for Wolves to win. Mm. To be honest with you, with the way Fulham continue charging up, I think I wouldn't look back at this moment in time. I'd look back if it was two points, 
at this moment in time, I wouldn't be looking back. While you've got a game that you can lose and still be two points ahead, I wouldn't look back. I just and while look you've forward. got a game you can what's, win and be three points off the what, leaders. Absolutely. What's above me, that's, that is the main focus of my attention. All my focus is on what's up above me, not what's coming behind. Listen, Villa and Fulham, they're having their own scrap. Even though the significance really doesn't make a difference because you don't get automatic for third, yeah? But those two are having their own scrap because you want to be finishing the season in form to go into the playoffs regardless. So it's not over yet. It's not, not set in stone, but I do believe if you're Cardiff, you look... It's, it's, it's great chasing somebody. It's hard at the lead. That's why Neil, as we know, doesn't want the promotion talked about. But you can't stop it. It's, Neil's still be talking about that even when they are promoted. It's, it's, you know, you, you, you've got you to... Like Saul said, you've got to embrace... That favouritism, that favourite tag, and you've got to go out and show people what you're about. I'm sure deep down Cardiff will be confident they can get a great result. Really looking forward to it. Thank you both for your contributions today. Remember, you can get all your Cardiff City news on Wales Online. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or listen on the website too. From all of us today, that's all. I will see you same time next week. Mm-hmm.